But now, if you cut it, you can put it in the extra bits on the uh, on the YouTube channel. No, don't, don't. Uh, I'm not making any promises about that. This could this could be cut and bend. <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate humiliation. Now it's like double cut. It's always funny, like we talk before the show and like I'm looking at you mm-hmm. on the camera and it's like normal. And then when we go into this blind mode and you're just a voice, it's like you're a different person. Do you say, do you feel that? It's, it's a strange transition, I think, from, oh, we're just chatting about what we were just talking about your very handsome office a moment ago. But now suddenly it feels like there are people here. And of course, the internet is now here. That's it. That's what it is. It feels like when we go into, okay, let's start. It feels like there are more people all of a sudden. That's what that feeling is. Yes. So it is, it is different suddenly, uh, even though our physical surroundings have changed basically not at all, except that I can no longer see you and you can no longer see me. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. All right. Anyway, enough of this existential (laughs) crisis. Follow up. I have something I'm going to call feedback on feedback on feedback, which wow. is uh, on our YouTube channel, which is 10 episodes behind our audio version. I recently just put up the feedback on feedback episode. So it's, it's yeah. interesting to have this bit of a time delay for the YouTube people versus the audio people. And it's like inception every time we talk about people <laughs> commenting on videos that are commenting on. It gets a bit... Yes, it does. And then tr- and trying to keep in mind that this is then going to be our conversation is going to pass through. The, so are we talking to the people in the future or it's always very strange. In that episode, that is the episode where we talk about people, uh, who, who is the person who leaves the three star review that you only get five star reviews or three star reviews. Uh, sorry, uh, five star reviews or one star reviews, but you don't get very many three star reviews. Of course, yeah. and you get the people who people who love things and the people who hate things, and you don't get the meh people. Yes, and <laughs> so, but I can't help but notice that since we put that up on YouTube, that's the episode in which we're talking about reviews. I noticed we got another spike of reviews on iTunes for the podcast, and I do go through and I read all of those. I have a little program that actually aggregates the reviews from all over the world, so I can see what you know what reviews people have left about the show because I'm very interested. I feel the need to officially tell people, you don't need to leave a three-star review just so that I will read it. We had a big spike in people leaving three-star reviews saying, oh, I totally love the show, but Grace said that nobody leaves three-star reviews. (laughs) So here's my three-star review. Love the show. It's like it's like when you get I mean you probably don't get this so much cuz your videos get watched so quickly but on some of my slower channels you will get a point where you'll have a video that's been up for a while and it's only got thumbs up everyone's liked it and it's had zero dislikes mm-hmm. and as soon as someone points that out in the comments and says oh wow isn't it great this video's never had a single dislike you will get a dislike within half a second yes cuz someone just wants to Yes, that's someone wants to break break something beautiful. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. You should you should tell you should tell people that you will only read the five star reviews with this aggregator of yours. So if people want to have their comment read by you personally, <laughs> that personal touch, they have to leave a five star. No, I, I will I will be honest about this. I I do read all the reviews, 
But I will just say that if you actually like the show, leaving a three-star review is not the most helpful thing that you can do. I promise I will read the <laughs> review anyway. Uh, so I don't, you know, I'm like on my videos, I don't like to say the end of the videos like, like everyone does on YouTube. Oh, don't forget to like the video. But since we had people go out of their way to give us reviews lower than they normally would, I'm going to take this opportunity to just ask, if you enjoy the show, would you please leave a review that is actually reflective of the number of stars that you think the show should get? I would, I would appreciate that. So this is my call, second call for reviews. And I just wanted to put that out there. I read them all. It's not like my emails where I delete things instantly. Uh, I'm very interested to hear what people have to say about the show in the reviews. If it makes you feel bad, my mom reads the reviews as well. So she doesn't like to see people give me reviews. Oh man, you shouldn't tell people that. <laughs> oh man, that nope. was a big mistake. <laughs> you think so? I'm trying to guilt people into it. <laughs> to be fair, Gray, to be fair, I think it's only a three-star show anyway. There's another sigh for the compilation. <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm trying to think about. It. I'm trying to think about how to answer that, which is, as as we have said many times, this is the this is the two dudes talking genre, and I I always feel with these things that, in in the grand scheme of podcasts that are available for people to listen to, yes, I think this show may be a three star show when you're talking about. Uh, comparison to something like Radio Lab, for example, you know, a five star podcast, no, no doubt about it. But it's again, it's always with this kind of show. It's about the reaction for the person listening to the people talking, and and so like for some people they're really going to like it, and for some people they're really going to not like it. My sigh was because I can both kind of agree with you, but I look about it in a in a slightly different way. Well, you took that way more seriously than you were supposed to. It was just like a glib comment. No, it was I really very, very serious. I actually, I actually listen to the podcast, would you believe? Like, I've been in it, and sometimes if I'm going for a walk and I've listened to all the ones I want to listen to, I'm like, oh, I'll chuck on one of those old Hello Internets and have a reminisce about the conversation <laughs> we had. I've done it. I've done it a few times. Sorry, I just, I, I just I like the, the, the reminiscing there because we haven't been doing this that long. But uh, how, how, do you, how do you find listening to the show? Because, I mean, I, have, I, I usually end up listening to it uh, about three times probably before it goes up. But that's because I'm, I'm editing it. So, yeah. I mean, how does it, <laughs> when you're taking a, little, taking a little walk, like how you enjoy listening to the show? I always like the most recent one mm-hmm. and think that one's all right. And the older ones I don't like. Hmm. And I'm like that with my videos too. Hmm. If I watch, I can't watch my old videos. I, it's, I just don't enjoy it. But yeah, no, the no. most recent video, I always think, yeah, that's pretty good. I hope people like that one. So yeah, nobody can nobody can watch their uh, their old stuff. It's always terribly cringeworthy. Uh, I do want to mention just before I forget one one more thing about the the feedback on feedback on feedback, which is yeah, what I haven't done in a while is mention new countries where we have reviews. And, oh yes, and, and that's of course because it's it's like as time goes on, it's harder and harder to get new countries. You ever play Magic: The Gathering or anything? No, yeah. that sounds like something that you sounds, would do. Yeah, it sounds really nice. It's a it's a card game. You have to like buy decks of cards, but some of the cards are really rare. And so, basically, oh, yeah. if you are in a, a country that we haven't received a review from yet, you are basically like one of the rare. Magic the Gathering cards. That's what we're that's what we're looking oh, for yeah. here. But anyway, I so we have collected sports. It's like sports cards. So then, then I'm with you. I Do they vary the cards. the frequency of the? Yeah, sports sometimes cards you'll people? get special cards, and they'll be like these 
premium ones that are on this like shiny foil sort of material and and they're like rare ones to get like you it's like a golden ticket in Willy Wonka you open your pack and there's one of these golden mm. cards where the the players all printed on like this different golden material oh, I didn't know mm. they do that yeah so it's it's this it's the same idea uh, but anyway, so we have three that I just wanted to mention quickly. I have not been to any of these places, uh, but they are Costa Rica, Cyprus, and Ecuador are our new three since the last time I mentioned this a little while ago. So thank you very much to the reviewers in those countries who have added this to our list of places that we have reviews from. So thank you very much. You know, Costa Rica has been awesome in the World Cup. That's on at the moment. Uh, I do not know that. They were, they were like overachievers. They were all, well, actually, maybe they weren't overachievers. They were just awesome. <laughs> they like they won the group with England and Italy and all that, and they did. They're out now, but they did really well. Oh, well, congratulations, mm. Costa Rica. Yeah, talk to me about Kindles. You had a you had your, you had a bit of a bit of a rant about Kindles in the last episode. Have you gotten over that? No, well, no, I haven't gotten over it because I have to face the horrors that I discussed last time every day when I read a book. <laughs> So no, I haven't gotten over it. Uh, Do you use your Kindle every day? I I make a real attempt to try and read something long form every day, and I usually do that on the on the Kindle. I'm not always successful, but I, I do I do try to carve out time to say, okay, I'm going I am going to read some section of a book now, and I find the Kindle is the best for that. Aside from all the during the day, do you do this, or will it be like your bedtime thing, or like when do you normally find this reading time? Uh, It's usually around lunchtime. uh, Is is when I'll do it. Is like okay, it's lunch now. I'm going to try to carve out at least twenty minutes where I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to read, you know, section of a of a nonfiction book that I'm working my way through. You're so disciplined with your time. Well, I mean, this is this is the ideal version of it. I don't do it every day, but I would say I do it most days of the week. I'm, I'm not. I'd be curious to know what my hit rate is on this, but I, more days than not, I do it. I, I would is uh, what I would say. So anyway, don't, don't you read regularly? Well, just usually like bedtime. Sometimes I'll just like you know if I've got time and I'll just go oh I'll read a chapter of a book or or if I go on holidays or trips and planes and things like that. But I certainly don't have like a regime or carve out time for it. It just kind of, I don't know. Life's just too busy. I don't know how you do it. I, I, what I, I have a little checklist. That's my daily checklist and, and read for 20 minutes is one of the items on there. So I am happy when I can successfully check that checkbox. That's how I do it. But you don't have to check that checkbox. You realize you could just say, I'm not going to do that today. And I'm going to do this instead or do this for longer or, Oh no, don't, like, don't, what makes yeah, you, don't. what makes you, what makes, what makes you obey the checklist? Cause I wake up every morning thinking of all the things I want to do and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do this and I'm going to pay those bills and I'm going to sort everything out. And then the end of the day comes and it's like, well, actually I didn't do any of that cause I got sidetracked. What makes you obey yourself? This could be a whole topic on its own, but not, nothing makes me obey the checklist. It's uh, I have one particular checklist that I that I use, which is the kind of ideal checklist that on a or sorry ideal day checklist I should say, which is, is that, that its name has it got like a name it's saved under? I call it the the workflow checklist, but it's basically in a perfect day I would hit all of the items on this list, and so there's time that's blocked out for different kinds of activities, one of which happens to be the reading, some of it which happens to be working on the next video. There's a few other things, but there's, um, I don't know, maybe 10 items on this, which is the, a perfect day is hitting all of these items. Oh, well, if there's only 10, surely you can 
reel off the list for us. No, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. It's secret. But um, oh, really? Are there like illegal activities on <laughs> yes, this? Yes, that's exactly it. Um, <laughs> Rob a bank. Yeah. So there, there is nothing that forces me, but it's it's a it's a nice way to keep track of how did I do, and then I can be a little bit reflective at the end of the day, which I can look at the checklist and say like, oh, well, today was a day that didn't go very well, or you know, ooh, look at this, almost everything is checked off on this list. Like this is a very good day. The reading is on there because it's not important on any particular day, but it's something that matters over the long run, whether or not you read every day matters over a long time scale. So it's something I try to not skip. And there's a few other items that are kind of like that of stuff that it's not important today, but it does matter over the longer term. So uh, I want to throw down a challenge to everyone who comments on Reddit on the podcasts to list the 10 items they think are on Greg's checklist. (laughs) And when we eventually get access to that list in a future podcast, we will see how accurate people were. <laughs> okay. And be be serious about it. Don't like put silly things or rude things. Yeah, tell Graze the internet not it. to be silly. That's uh, that's going to work real well. Yeah. That's like telling them not to put three-star reviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't hurt my mother's feelings by leaving a mean review. <laughs> yeah. Coming um, back to the uh, Kindle then. Oh, yes. That, that's what I was like, what were we talking about? Oh, right. People were sending me all of this information. So I, I wanted to know why why Kindle do you do this horrific thing of fully justifying the text and making every day a little bit sadder for me? And people sent me all of these answers saying how it's, it's, it's baked into the format of Kindle books, that the books are specified that they're going to be fully justified. And so, so I got some answers from people trying to speculate about stuff. But then I found out, which has just made me even sadder about this whole situation, which I did not think was possible, <laughs> that... On the older model Kindles, which maybe you have, because as we found out last time, you have no idea what Kindle you even have. I sent you a photo of my Kindle. You did not. I never got a photo of your Kindle. I sent you a photo. You, you even did replied not. to it. What? I don't. Remember yeah, because remember you commented that it had the because it was uncharged, and you said you'd never seen the uncharged sign before. Oh, I forgot that, about this. Yes, you did yeah. send me, but you, yeah, I think. Uh, that's right. Okay. I still don't know what kind it is, but you at least have a photo of it now, so you should know. I guess I do. It hasn't got a keyboard or a button. You did send me that thing. I just told, I put that out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So you have the same Kindle that I do. You have the okay. paper white. Yeah. There you go. That's what you have, Brady. Now you know. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So what, what I discovered that made me even more sad is that on the older model of Kindles, there is a secret option that people can enable, which will left justify the text. Uh. Now, here's why this is infuriating to me, because this immediately invalidates all of the arguments that other people have have sent me about, like, oh, it's a formatting problem, like there's some sort of technical reason. There obviously isn't. If if there's a secret option on the older Kindles to be able to left align the text, it is technically possible, which which means I I I am being pushed into the belief that Amazon is just either irrational or vindictive with its choice to force <laughs> fully fully justified text on the Kindle page. There's if if it's technically possible, if you used to let people do it, if people who still have old Kindles can left justify the text, 
then you're just being mean by taking this option away on the newer Kindles. There must be a reason. There must be. I, 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 I want to believe that there is a reason. I really do. But now it's now it's just I don't I don't know what to think anymore. Again, if if anybody listening to the sound of my voice works at Amazon, it's okay. You can send me an anonymous email. I won't tell anyone. I just need to <laughs> you know. You also probably won't read it. <laughs> I just need to know. Leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's ex- that is what I, that's, that is what I want. Leave a review or if if you're on the software team at Kindle, just, you know, slip slip in a hidden option for the paperwhite you know then no one will know yeah. you just put that get that pass through on the code review for the next the next uh, iteration right you know make everybody happy but wouldn't it be awesome if the way you accessed it was you had to type like cgp on some screen oh man that would be the best that would be the best oh, that would be cool i'd be really excited about that and i could more pleasantly read books every day and so could everybody else just just left justify the text amazon anyway anyway i don't get started but that's that was my feedback i am even sadder after learning more about the situation which i did not think was possible so yeah that's that i i would like to thank everybody who has been uh tweeting and emailing me all their uh all the times they've seen the word humbled being used oh yes in in various books and articles on that i it's become it's become quite fun. It's become kind of like a where's Wally? Where where can you find them and send them in? Mm-hmm. Much appreciated and entertained. Uh, and also, as we record this, it's the night after Brazil were dumped out of their own soccer World Cup uh, in traumatic circumstances for them. They were beaten seven one by Germany, which is an unprecedented result, especially for a team like that. Mm -hmm. And lots of people tweeted me during the game and said, now surely this is an example of a team or a sports people being humbled. And indeed it was. Very traumatic for the people of Brazil, though. My condolences. Like, I know it's only sport, but in Brazil, it transcends sport. And um, losing losing a semi-final of the World Cup in your own country after all that build-up in such spectacular fashion... I feel their pain. Yeah, I, it's you know I, I don't I don't follow this very closely either, but I, I can definitely sympathize with that feeling of you. Everybody wants the hosting country to win. That, that, like, that that's how it should work, or at the very least, make it to the final round. Uh, so I, I can definitely understand that it is very crushing. I, I'll, you feel the same way with the Olympics. Whoever's hosting the Olympics, it feels like I really hope they get the most gold medals. Uh, and you, I don't it, feel that way. What do you mean you don't feel that way? I feel the opposite. I always think it's unfair. I always think if you win a major, major thing in your own country, you've done it with assistance or an advantage. And I think that slightly detracts from the glory of the win. Controversial, I know. I doubt it. I mean... It just seems too much of a coincidence that the host country suddenly wins more often. Obviously, they're, they've got an advantage. If I spent all my life training to be the world's best at something, and then I went to the Olympics and I got pipped by someone from the home country who obviously got that extra bit of support from the crowd, I'd be devastated. They won because of, you know, I know they didn't take drugs, but they got an advantage that I didn't get. Home, home ground advantage. So what you're saying is that the Olympics 
or the World Cup should be held in a country that is not participating. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. And it's just. I think that's what you're part of, It's just. It's just part of the beast that someone is going to have that advantage. But I think this feeling that everyone wants the home country to win. I don't think that's fair. I think it's like, I mean, all the more glory to someone who can, who can win against the home country on their home turf. Like it's it's good for the tournament, and it's good that Brazil got as far as they did because the more the people of the country are interested in the tournament, the better the tournament is. Mm-hmm. The crowds are more active. There's more excitement. There's more buzz around the whole thing. I'm glad Brazil did well. And Brazil, and just between you and me, Brazil are pretty handy at soccer. So, you know, they win their share of World Cups anyway. Mm. But I think this home advantage thing, I've always felt this, you know. I think there's more glory in winning something on foreign soil. There's more glory for the winning team, but I still feel mm. like I would I would have wanted Brazil to win, even though I'm not invested in this. That's the, I, I would feel like wherever it is, it is hosted. I feel like if I was architect of the universe, I would want them to win. That that seems that seems better. Uh, I feel a bit like oh, well, the best team didn't win. Like they, you know, the best team didn't get to win because someone I, I, else <laughs> stole stole what was rightfully theirs because they had an advantage. I, I'm realizing what I, of course, I, I agree with you. I'm realizing what I'm what I'm actually saying, but not, or what I'm actually thinking, but not saying, is that I want whoever is hosting the game to happen to also have the best team that year. That's that's how I want things oh, to okay. line up. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, this is an un- entirely unreasonable request, but that—that's what don't I want. Get me sports. wrong. Like when a, when Australia hosts a big event, I want Australians to win everything. It's not like I, you know, I'm I'm as biased as the next man. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know what to think about what I just said, but I'm sure I'll be told. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. Squarespace has been around for 10 years, and they're constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. And they have a ton of style options, so you can create a unique website for you or your business. And every design automatically includes a mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content looks great on every device, every time. And Squarespace is easy to use with simple drag and drop tools, but if you need help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And their new Squarespace metric app for iPhone and iPad allows you to check site stats like page views, unique visitors, and social media followers while on the go. Squarespace has so much cool stuff, they can't even mention it in every single one of these ads. And for example, one of the things that they don't mention in the standard read they give me is Squarespace Commerce. So... If you want a Squarespace website and you're trying to sell stuff, they already have a tool that you can use to set up basically everything you need to move physical or digital products through your store. It works with all their templates. You can use Stripe to collect payment. They have simple pricing. There's inventory management, coupons and taxes and shipping and order fulfillment and mailing list integration and express checkouts and customizable order emails. There's just a ton of stuff in here for you if you want to use your site to actually sell something on a business. So definitely check them out if that sounds like something you might want to do. 
So Squarespace is good for everyone, whether you need a simple website solution or you're a developer and you want to get into the code, there are so many options and it starts at just $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. So start a trial with no credit card required today and begin building your website. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code HelloInternet, all one word, to get 10% off and to show your support for the show. Once again, that offer code is HelloInternet. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. Any more follow-up? No, but what I do have is... Drum roll, please. The triumphant return of Plane Crash Corner, is it not? Why not? Oh, look at you. You have just made so many people happy. Well, you you gave me enough incentive there with that drum roll and you feigned enough enthusiasm for me to talk about planes for a minute. I'm really interested. I want to hear. <laughs> well, your mum does. When she's not reading reviews, I know she enjoys playing Crash She Cotton. does. She does. There were two things I was going to mention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One is, despite my sort of interest in aviation, I've never really followed aviation Twitter streams and things very closely, but I've recently started following a couple. I can't even remember what they are. They're these sort of aviation geeks who, you know, obviously sit at their computer and watch the live trackers of every plane in the world doing what they're doing. I really enjoy it. You get lots of great pictures and information and about things happening in the world of aviation. But, and there is a but, they do make flying suddenly seem much, much unsafer than I previously thought. (laughs) Because what I've learned, I think it's the sort of false alarm sort of thing. What I've learned is every time any plane decides it's got a problem and wants to divert mm-hmm. or land early, you know, skip the queue or go somewhere else, this becomes huge breaking news for these Twitter feeds. You know, Flight 743 has declared an emergency and is now heading to Paris. And they've got these regular updates and you can click on links and follow it. And you're suddenly thinking, oh, my goodness, a crash is going to happen. This is amazing. Like, oh, no. And then... Every single time the plane lands and it turns out someone stubbed their toe or, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, it, it oh it's like an deal. onboard medical emergency or something Yeah, like it that. could be anything. Mm. But every time you think something amazing's happening, and maybe it is some minor technical thing, <laughs> which means the plane can jump the queue. But it has, you know, I've always, you know I'm always the first person to say the flying is very safe. Mm-hmm. But following these Twitter streams does change your, your outlook on that. And actually, it, it changes it falsely flying is still safe but this sort of so that's something that's something i've been i'll 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 send you some of the twitter streams and you can follow them please don't please don't send me this i have no interest Uh, in adding daily anxiety to my twitter stream i open up my twitter stream and see nothing but problems that's like signing up to police blotters all around the world twitter streams <laughs> i know what i would love i would love to be informed of every murder right please let me know about every <laughs> murder that happens in the world <laughs> if you, i want to know every day <laughs> you, you would never want to go outside if that was yeah. your twitter stream so we we have these little local little local newsletters and newspapers where i live that they'll that they will you know pop through your letterbox and they'll have like a little crime corner and every single thing that happens in the in the town like um you know betty jones had her pot parts pot plant stolen from house number three uh-huh. like makes it into the publication so suddenly <laughs> like suddenly everything's like everyone's a plant burglar so, yeah, yeah 
So anyway, <laughs> we better take the so, daisies in tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're right. Following, a, you can you can follow things too closely. Yes, definitely. Um, but there was a video posted uh, just recently. I don't know if you've seen it. Certainly, everyone has sent it to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, they've sent it to more than me because it's been watched 16 million times. So, and I can assure you, I'm responsible for only about five of them. Mm-hmm. But it was a a plane, a seven six seven plane coming into land uh, recently at the airport at Barcelona. And as it came into land, another 767 was sort of pootling along on the ground and crossed the runway as it was going about its business. And it, and the two, it looks like the two would have, would have hit. Hmm. And this plane that was coming into land sort of at the last minute fires up the engines to maximum. You can hear the engine screaming and, and pulls up at the very last minute and flies over the top of this plane that's slowly crawling across its runway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's worth a watch, you know. It's it's really interesting to see. You don't often get to see these things, um, so I'm sure you'll put the the link in the, in the notes. So it's not a plane crash; it's a near plane crash. It's uh, the U Uter Aviation. That's the one. It's just I was just trying to pull it up. You're here. watching it now, eh? Uter seven six seven dash three hundred near <laughs> near miss question mark. Surely they know person who posted this. Well, video you decide. I mean, near, near I mean, it's not as you know that they're, they're not like you know rubbing paint off each other but you could see what could nearly what could have happened are you watching it oh uh, yeah I, I just pulled it up now have a little watch okay i know I, I know i complained about the question mark in this but now i can see why there is a question mark in this video uh, <laughs> not close enough for your liking it's not that it's not close enough it's actually just that the the angle makes it difficult to appreciate the closeness, but you, yeah. I, I would say you can definitely say looking at this video that they would have collided had the plane not pulled up at the last moment. And it has 16 million views as of, as of this moment. Take it to the bank. Yeah. But the thing is, the thing to remember with those big planes too, though, is like once you, it's like the Titanic, you know, yeah, it's yeah. one thing to see the iceberg in front of you. But you've then got to do a few things, and these things aren't as responsive and nimble as, you know, a bicycle. So yeah, <laughs> a near miss can doesn't necessarily look like a near miss, but yes, it's a cool that's video. True. Yeah, such a, I will I will put it I will put it in the description. And still no news on that Malaysia plane. Who knows when we'll ever get any news? I was talking to a mate of mine who's a pilot the other day about it, mm-hmm. and you know I won't bore you with just more speculation. But one interesting thing he said to me was. All those things that got switched off on the plane, all those that the, the tracking devices mm-hmm. that were manually switched off. My my mate who flies commercial airliners said he wouldn't even know how to switch those things off if he was asked to. So it's not like it's not like someone has, you know, pressed the wrong button or something like that. Someone for someone to switch those things off, there's a pretty strong chance they've planned well in advance to switch it off. So we're getting into conspiracy theory territory here. Is that I'm what's going on? I'm just saying. Okay, I'm okay. just saying. You know, you're, you're the expert. You're the expert. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the expert. I'm just some numpty that follows it on Twitter and watches YouTube videos <laughs> and and watches air crash investigation TV shows. Of the two and of what, us, you are the expert. <laughs> that is true. Of the two of us. <laughs> right. So there you go. If you're on a plane at the moment, enjoy your flight. I see on Twitter people requesting plane crash corner because they are going to the airport or because they're going to <laughs> be on a flight. I don't Love understand it. this. 
I'm I'm glad that people like it. I'm glad that people it makes people happy. But I I find that very strange. I don't I don't understand that mindset of yeah. Anyway, I hope it made those people happy. I've uh, read a few nine uh, eleven <laughs> books on planes, mm-hmm. and they've got like you know pictures on the cover of the of the towers mm-hmm. being struck by planes. And I always feel a bit weird doing that on planes and sort of make sure I obscure the cover and things like that because. Yeah, that's, that weird. seems like bad form. But didn't you also told me you watched those those plane crash shows on the airplane? Did no, you? I don't. I don't do that because I don't. I only usually watch what's available on the plane. Mm-hmm. And as yet, uh, most airlines have not started showing air crash investigation as part of their <laughs> in-flight entertainment. <laughs> if they had it, I probably would. Yeah, that's exactly it. So <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if, that? I'd love that. If we ever fly somewhere together. I don't want to sit mm. next to you if you are going to be watching plane crash investigation the entire time. That can't. I happen. won't. I won't. And I and I probably won't talk too much about plane crashes. I I, I know that's poor form. There you go. Cut it if you need to. You put a video out. Yes. Yes, I did. Congratulations. Uh, this is like a. It feels like you're churning them out at the moment, mate. What's people, going on? Everyone said that. I don't feel like they're much faster. But I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. Someone out there probably has a spreadsheet of my upload schedule. I have no idea, but uh, yes, I got this one out frantically and just barely in time for the July Fourth deadline. Uh, but yes, this uh, we are recording it shortly. Actually, maybe not that shortly after, but a few days after the uh, American Empire video went live. So already passed a million views. Yes, that has crossed over into my very successful categorization, which is. More views than subscribers within seven days. So uh, the, I, don't know, I can't complain oh, about that's that. That's an interesting metric. I've not heard that one. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we talked about this before. Yeah. More, so, okay. More views than after I remember that one, I'll start applying that. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't think this works entirely. But this, and also because YouTube has, uh, shall we say, dramatically changed the way subscribers work since about a year ago. My metric used to always be, I would take the number of subscribers and you say, okay, I should get more, if I take the subscriber number and divide it by three, so I take one third of that, I should get more views than a third of my subscribers within seven days. And I got that number by looking at uh, other channels that I thought were successful channels and seeing how do their video views do uh, compared to their mm-hmm. subscriber numbers. So that's that was kind of my minimum threshold of of what counts as anything below that would be kind of a failure. But I may have God, to you're revise making me feel that. pretty miserable right now. Well, it also like it depends on what kind of channel you're running. Like you can't mm-hmm. you have to look at okay what are comparable channels. Uh, so I was looking at other channels that had like a low upload frequency but relatively successful videos. But I, I haven't revised that number recently. Be- and I think I may have to because of the way I think subscribers, those numbers mean less now than they used to. So I think that estimate may be a little bit over-optimistic. But still, I, I think a very successful video for me is more views than subscribers in seven days. And so uh, the American Empire won't cross that. And yes, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with that. Uh, it's better than it was a cool video. Was it was it was like a, it feels like kind of the American equivalent of your famous, you know, UK explained video. It felt very much like that. It was the it was the it was the US version. It was the video that was begging to be made. Yes, yes, that that is exactly it. And I have to say, I'm then sorry. why the hell did it take so long to make it? Well, I am kind of 
unable to believe that nobody made this video before me. This has been anxious and on my mind for a long time that somebody was going to beat me to this video because it seemed it seemed like the obvious thing to do. And I don't know why nobody made it before I did. So I just feel really how do lucky you know with nobody? this one. How do, you, how do you know nobody's made it? And it just wasn't successful and it's on some channel with seven views. Well, I, I don't know that because... I'm not YouTube omniscient. I can't know what every video is on the whole. <laughs> don't say that. You're, don't, I thought you were. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> why don't you know what everybody had for breakfast today? It's like, uh, <laughs> because that's beyond the scope of knowability. Um, okay. Well, if it's beyond the scope, you didn't stop you saying it a minute ago. Yeah. Okay. So I, I would have to go back and edit in the word uh, virally successful. Right. Okay. No one made a virally successful version of this video is, is the correct thing. But yes, if, if you if you are the per, if you are the listener who made the video that has seven views, I, I guess I'm sorry. But um, yeah, so yeah. I, I but I was I was anxious about getting kind of scooped on this one. And I, ha and I have been for a long time because this has been a relatively high on my to do list. Uh, and why did it take so long? Because. First, let me say I loved the video. I actually liked it more than the UK one because I guess a lot of the stuff in the UK one I already knew because I, you know, I'm part of the Commonwealth and all that. Whereas the US one had lots of new information for me personally. Mm -hmm. But watching it, it didn't feel like a video that would take years of thinking and research. It felt like you know you just had to look the stuff up, write a good script. I mean, you wrote a really good script, and you know I, I can respect that it would take some time. But it still doesn't seem like more than a week or two's work, and it's taken a really long time. Well, I, you know, I don't, well, I don't want to, you know, pick on you or anything because it's a cool video and no, you always it's been do watched a million times. But you know, <laughs> well, yeah. First of all, I, I have not been working on this for a year. That would be a really poor showing if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man, you're like you need some help. Uh, <laughs> So, so there, there are there are many things that are on my list, which are in the in the back of my mind, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm actively working on any of those projects. I kind of keep okay. my eyes open for interesting things that might go in in the video, for things that are on that list, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'm actively working on them. But okay, that's also why I think I think in one of the Q and A videos I did, I mentioned that it's I estimate it's about ten hours per minute on screen to make the videos but right. that ignores a lot of this kind of unquantifiable time of this sort of, of grazing and putting things away for a rainy day sort of that's exactly it or, or i mean even just like we were talking earlier today like i spend i try to spend time reading every day does that count as work on video i often pick books that are related to future topics that i'm going to do mm. does that count you know i i don't know i don't know how to quantify that amount of of time or uh so yeah, there, there, it's it's ultimately unknowable precisely how long it takes. But in in terms of I am going to make uh, an American Empire video, I think I, I really settled on that probably about uh, three or four weeks before it got published. Okay. Um, I, I was I was working on something else, and then I had to kind of switch because I didn't. The, the other thing I realized was not going to be out in time. And so I thought, okay, I, I want something soon. And I settled on the America topic. And I, I think that was about three or four weeks before. Well, it was a cool video. Well done. I enjoyed it. Thank you for making it. 
I'm I'm glad you liked it. You were unhappy with the video. I think it would be fair to say you were a bit woe is me. This is terrible. My video is a mess. It's going to be awful. You were kind of you thought it was going to be really bad. Yeah. And when so when I watched it and it was really good, I was like, well, what a what a little moaner you were. No reason. It's like. Oh. I think you were actually. You know what you were doing? You what? were humble bragging. I, I know. You were, yeah. you were telling me how terrible your video was and all the problems it had, and you knew it was going to be really good. First of all, even if that's what I was doing, that's not humble bragging. That's lowering expectations. Humble bragging is different. <laughs> but I, you were humble jacking. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense now. Um, <laughs> humble jacking. It's a word. Look it up on Urban Dictionary. I'm sure. I promise I'm... you. Humble jacking will be on Urban Dictionary before the day is out. <laughs> it's just, just like I don't know if you if you saw it in time, but the Wikipedia briefly had Brady typing listed under the hunt and peck typing section on their on their uh, our article about keyboard typing. And it was just like, hunt and peck typing, also known as Brady typing. And then you can see in the history, there was this little edit war back and forth about whether or not this term should be included. And eventually, the the section of that article on Wikipedia had to be protected by a moderator. From like, like, if we stop arguing about this, Brady typing is not a thing. Um, <laughs> All but right. you were lowering, you were lowering expectations. Okay, no, but that's what I, I no, no, I, I was humoring you before. I, my sentiment was genuine, and so for for the listeners, the background here is that you were trying to contact me. We were possibly meeting up, and you contacted me at the kind of nadir of my moment of making this video, which was I was at the very last minute, very early in the morning on on July third, just wrapping up the animation, trying to get it exported and, and uploaded to YouTube. And uh, because this was a rush job, I, I was up late the night before. And I was just genuinely very sad about this whole project because, well, here's, here's the way into this. My feelings were genuine and I still look at that video and I'm not very happy with it, but mm. I feel better about it now than I did at the time. First of all, the fact that it's successful definitely helps like, okay, other people like this, so I can feel a little bit better about it. But yeah. I think this is a, a great little time to talk about. I think, you, I think you brought it up before, you mentioned it just off, offhandedly, but the notion of, um, it's a good time to talk about the notion of brain crack. And brain crack. Do you know what I mean by brain crack? No. Okay. So Sounds like a drug thing. It, well, it is sort of like a drug thing. And some people will know this just immediately. This is from Zay Frank ages ago when he was doing his, basically the thing that gave birth to modern vlogs, which is the show. And uh, actually Hank Green just did a Vlogbrothers video about the history of internet video. I'll put the link in the show notes for people to check out. Is if you, if you are a young person on the internet and want to hear like what it was like for us old timers, for us grandpas to tell you stories about how the internet was back in our day, uh, <laughs> go watch this video by Hank Green. He mentions the show and kind of why it was important and very influential. And Zay mm -hmm. Frank also currently has a, a YouTube channel, which is doing very well. I'll put that in the, in the description as well. But the show, I was lucky enough to have found it when it was uh, active and I, I used to watch it all the time. And one of... Actually, I would probably say his best episode is this episode where he talks about the notion of 
brain crack. And it's a mm. very useful thing to think about. The idea is that what can happen sometimes if you make things is that you have an idea about a video. So in my case, this American Empire video. And what can happen is over time, if you don't actually work on that thing, mm. you, you start to think about how good it will be as opposed to thinking about how am I going to get this thing done? Okay. As time goes on, you, your kind of abstract notion of how good this thing will be becomes very large and very outsized anything that could possibly happen. <laughs> and I think this, this, uh, this American Empire video is a case where I had a severe, severe case of brain crack and didn't realize it until the video was kind of up and over. Because, well, after I did the UK Explained video, there was a, there was a brief time where I thought, like, oh, this is just a one-off thing. And then, I, I like, my, my YouTube career was very uh, by chance. Like, I happened to make a couple more videos, but I never really thought this would be a thing. But, mm. but once I settled on, oh, let me try to make these kind of regularly, the idea of doing the UK Explained version, but for America, was just so obvious. It just yeah. so happened that basically for a year and a half, I never made it because there was always something else I wanted to make more. But the result is this thing had been brain cracking in my mind for maybe a year and a half. And so the result is when I actually sit down to make the thing, it seems like nothing but awfulness because it's being compared to this abstract idea of how good it's going to be. But you don't have any actual concrete thoughts about it. It's just... You know, I, I don't know if if you ever have this. Let's talk about dreams for a moment, Brady. You know, with my favorite. Topic. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought you hated talking. I about love talking dreams. about dreams. So, I don't know if you ever have this experience, but you ever uh, you wake up from a dream, and you have the feeling either that something in your dream was really funny, or like, oh, I had a really great idea in my dream. Do you ever have that experience? It doesn't. It doesn't ring a bell. Huh. Uh. I can. I either remember what was in my dream, and th and therefore all the associated emotions, or I don't. I don't often wake up and just have a feeling. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, mm. I know some people do this anyway, but not mm. you. So you you won't be able to sympathize with this. But okay. I have this little little theory that some, sometimes I will wake up from a dream, or or people will say like, "Oh boy, I had a really great idea in my dream, but I can't remember what it was." <laughs> or something was really scary in my dream, but I can't remember what it was. But I'm waking up with that kind of feeling. And I have the suspicion that when that happens, what's going on in your brain is the part of your brain that, that recognizes good ideas or that recognizes something is funny is active. Right. Even though there's no input to it. Right. Like it's, yeah. it's just spinning. So like you have this, the, the same feeling that you have when you have a great idea, but there's nothing there. <laughs> because you're, you're in the middle of your eight-hour evening hallucination, right? That happens every day. Yeah. Um, and I think the brain crack thing is a kind of similar phenomenon that happens. Like this thing is in your mind, and what ends up happening is that you're not really thinking about, oh, how am I going to make this thing? What happens yeah. is just the abstract notion of how good it's going to be is yeah. lit up in your brain. And that's you're, you're, you're a Brazilian. You're a Brazilian footballer imagining what it's <laughs> going to be like to hold the World Cup aloft before you've actually played the games required to win it. Yes, yeah, so, so, sort of, sort of, and 
So in, in the in the Zay Frank video. Can I just interrupt? Oh, yeah. Am I being stupid? Why is it called brain crack? The, the, I I, oh, the oh, the, sorry. Uh, yeah. The, his idea is that if you're not careful, you become addicted to the brain crack. That like thinking about how good the thing is going to be becomes better than doing the thing. And you get okay, kind of yeah. stuck of like not doing it. And this is this is where I was leading with this. His, his conclusion is that the way to break this addiction is when you have ideas in your mind is to just don't think about how good they are. Just make them as soon as you can. Uh, and I, I think that's a useful notion. And But you are like the... If I was going to pick anyone in the world who doesn't follow that advice, it's you. Well, th- this is exactly, I don't follow that advice at all. And, and it's partly yeah. because my production cycle is very long. But nonetheless, I find it a useful notion to keep in mind. And okay. I'm actually kind of glad that this thing happened because <laughs> I'm working on something now that I will say I have basically been brain cracking for years. There's a topic that I've been thinking about doing something on for a very, very long time. Yeah. And it's uh, it's useful for me to remember because I want to try to get it up soon. And I I keep working on it and feeling like oh this thing is just terrible. But the the America Empire video has reminded me like oh no no no, you know, just make it. Uh don't don't concentrate on how bad you think it is because there's like an optical illusion going on here. You've thought about it so long that you're not even really thinking about it. You're just thinking about oh won't this thing be great? And it's a it's a topic that I'm intensely interested in and have been for many years, uh, and I've actually diverted us from talking about it sometimes on the podcast because I want to save it for after uh, the video goes up. So anyway, that is okay. that is that is brain crack. That is why I was terribly sad about the video, and I, I feel better about it now, even though I still don't like it. It's not one of my favorites. There, you know, I, I, as with everything, I wish I had had maybe two more weeks to really tighten it up. It feels very, <laughs> it feels very sloppy to me, but. <laughs> Is that, is that so funny to you, Brady? Yeah, okay. I guess in two weeks you could probably tighten up that five or six minute video. Yeah. Which was I, already incredibly tight. Oh, it is so sloppy. So sloppy. That's why I don't like yeah. it. But anyway, that's... Uh, I'm not saying you couldn't tighten it, but I don't think you'd need two weeks. It's, you know... Just to snip a few words out and shorten a few sentences. Yeah. <laughs> This episode of Hello Internet has been sponsored by the people at Harry's. Now, Harry's is a business founded by two guys called Jeff and Andy, who basically realised something that, well, all of us know, and that is that razor blades are a bit of a rip-off. So what they've started is an online service, or a website, as those things are sometimes called, where you can buy shaving kits and then refill the razors online for a fraction of the price. And the quality is really good. And I'm not just saying that, I can vouch for this because I have a Harry's kit. They were kind enough to send me one to try out. And all of my occasional shaves are now with the Harry's set and I'm really pleased with it. Not only does it work brilliantly, which is pretty important with a razor, it looks really cool, very clean and classic design. I'm sure if you've seen them, you'll be equally impressed. Now, if you give them a try, you can get $5 off your order if you go to harrys.com and then use the promo code HI. HIs in Hello Internet. That's the bit that helps us. So don't forget to put that in. Really great value anyway. 15 bucks will get you a handle, first blades and shaving cream. And then you can get your refills from there. I seriously think you'll be impressed by the product. Check them out online first. There's lots of good pictures on the website. You can get a real feel for what it's like. 
Now, at the moment, I think they're only doing this in the US and Canada. So if you're in Europe, I'm afraid you're going to miss out or you might need to arrange some sort of intermediary to, to smuggle them over here across the Atlantic. Uh, but I'm sure they will be servicing Europe soon because it's a good product and I'm sure the demand will be there. But I guess for now, having a set here in Europe makes mine a bit of a collector's item. Maybe it's maybe it's worth something. Anyway, go to harrys.com, promo code HI, $5 off your order. And thanks a lot to Harry's for supporting the show. We really appreciate them. The design of US state flags interests me because I'm a real, I love flags. Oh, okay. All right. We're going to talk about this then. I, I, sure. As I was looking at that and I thought, <laughs> here is the worst thing to try to talk about on a podcast. Let me pull it up. Uh, I'm always up for talking about flags. All right. Um, flags and maps are two of my favorite things, which is probably why I like your video so much. Uh, okay, I'm, I am going to send you a link through Skype. All right. Delivered. Opened. Okay. Currently being projected into my eyeballs. I right. see all the current state flags. I would like to know, just, just looking over them, what are your initial thoughts about this collection of, of flags? What are your first impressions? My first impressions are that there are a lot of red and blue Mm -hmm. I see a lot of British, what I perceive to be British, British-y looking things to them. Uh, I don't know. My impression is that there are, some of them are all very similar to each other, mm -hmm. and then some of them are very different. Uh, but most of them are most of them seem to be blue with a with a roundish logo in the middle. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like I'm supposed to be seeing something that I'm not. No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm, I'm letting I, I, you down. No, you are, you are not letting me down. You would never let me down, Brady. Okay. Uh, I'm just curious as to your initial impressions. Yeah. I'm, I would say I'm, I'm just a bit overwhelmed by it to give you any one impression. I'm just, okay. It's just a whole bunch of colorful flags. So I look at a page like this and this is just a train wreck of awful, awful design. I think these <laughs> flags are just, it's, it's hideous. And I mean, they're not cohesive, they're, but that's the beauty of it, isn't it? They're kind of, each has got its own story. And each been... is disappointing in its own special way. I, I don't expect them necessarily to be cohesive, but it's just, I look at these, these, these state flags and it, Surely There's ones such, like ne such Nebraska and New Hampshire and Pennsylvania are all quite good. Virginia. I mean, they're just good, solid, okay. stately okay. Well, first, first of all, first of all, we're going to have to help out the people here who are driving in the car or can't look at the... the or they're the on a plane, of course. <laughs> or they're on a plane. But you get yeah. internet on domestic flights now. If you're on, you know, pay for the internet yeah. so you can look at, look at this train wreck <laughs> of design. Look at this terrible thing. All right. So the, the U.S. state flags... It's disappointing It's it, because there's so much interesting potential squandered with, with these <laughs> flags. And almost all of them, or, or I'll actually, we'll count up here. The, the biggest chunk of these flags, when you look, they are blue and they have some boring and or ugly seal in the center of the oh. flag. Hey, that's what I noticed. So I was sort of on the right track. Yes. So, so yeah. blue seals or, or seal in the center of blue. We've got yeah. Idaho, Kansas, Kentucky, 
Uh, sort of Louisiana, not exactly. Maine, Michigan, Minnesota, Montana, Nebraska, uh, uh, Nevada manages to make it even worse. New Hampshire, New York, my home state. So disappointing, New York. Oh. That's a lovely. Oh, that's a. That's no, a it is hideous. Flag. All right, hold on. We also have North Dakota, Oregon. Uh, at least Oregon mixes it up a little bit. Pennsylvania, oh, Utah as well. Also disappointing showing there. Utah. Uh, Vermont, Virginia, and Wisconsin. There's a whole bunch of flags that are just blue with a seal in the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first of all, just horrifically unoriginal or boring flags. I look at something like, you know, let me open it up here, right? The the New York, um, it's okay for me to criticize my home state flag, right? I don't want to make people upset. I'll open up the, it up here. So the New York state flag is, like so many others, this particularly not great color blue either. Uh, blue black background with a seal. There's two women standing on the either side of a, of a shield. And the shield for New York has a little picture of the Hudson River. And there's a sunrise over, over the hill in the background. Trust me, internet, it sounds so much nicer when I describe it than if you go look at it. If you look at it, I think it's hideous. The sun has a little face on it, like a, like a kindergartner drew the face. I don't understand why that's there. Uh, I think it's it's just hideous. And think about this. New York is the Empire State. How great is that as a state name, right? The Empire State. There's hmm. so much cool stuff that you could do with the New York flag. But here is a flag that just is uniconic and doesn't represent anything interesting about New York State, and you know, Are no state one flag supposed to be iconic though. It's not like people put the state flags on. No, it's not like the national flag. I mean, there are fifty of these things. There are fifty of these things, but I think you underestimate Americans' attachment to their states. Right. You know, uh, Amer- there's a there's a little there's a little legal thing actually I left out of the the U.S. video, but Americans are legally citizens of both their state and the federal government. Uh, even though you don't have a passport or anything just for the state, but it's a it's a legal uh, level that does exist, that you are a citizen of New York or whatever state you happen to live in and mm. an American citizen. So I, I think that these state flags, they should be iconic, partly because you often see them all shown together. So, that, uh, so uh, I happen to often go by the U.S. Embassy here in London, which is... Mm. I'm going to give it the award for the most unfriendly, most unwelcoming building in mm. all of the UK. The no- secure. Is it secure? You could call, describe it as. You might call it secure, but that building just telegraphs go away in, in every way it possibly can. <laughs> you look at the building and the building looks back and says, go away. Not in uh, those shoes, buddy. Yeah. And... If you visit the USA Embassy in London, out in the front, there are the 50 state flags, and then they show them. And interestingly, for anyone who goes there, I leave it as an exercise to the viewer to figure out why the flags are in the order that they are in outside of the London Embassy. It's an interesting little challenge. Anyway, precisely because they're shown together, they should be iconic. They, you should be able to say, oh, that's New York, or that's New Jersey, but no, so many of them, I mean, I'm a person who in a, in a weird sense uses these flags professionally. Like when I make a video about them, there's no way I, I could 
win a guessing game of of which flag is is whose for almost all of them they're just but if you got 50 state flags all trying to be iconic and different from the one next to them wouldn't that just get crazy and you'd start having like you know a fluorescent pink triangular one with okay you know a green alien on it just because you want to be different from the guy next to you shouldn't there be a little bit of understatement i mean everyone's business card looks the same but that's because business cards are like just this classy little thing business cards that have a little bit of information about you, but they're not they're not kind of, you know, supposed to scream, look at me, I'm amazing, I'm iconic, look at my stars and stripes. They're just like this understated moment of, hey, here's who I am, buddy. Have you, but there are, there, are Austin, like there are awesome business cards. You've seen Destin's business cards. That man has incredible business cards. Well, okay, you've put me in a difficult situation now because you know I love Destin, but I think having silly business cards is silly. I like, think it, it it depends on it's, I, who I'm you not are. A fan of, I'm not a fan of novelty. I I'm a I'm I'm more <laughs> like I, I like just a bit of old fashioned class. And I think these old flags, these nice blue flags with um the logos on them. And Destin's business card, by the way, is not a business card. It's more of a, a, a joke thing that a fun thing he gives to fans. So I'm not dissing Destin's business card, but I think state flags, like. I think have a bit of class. You don't have to scream the loudest and say, look at me, you know, I'm I'm different from all the others. Why not just be, hey, I'm just a cool, calm guy with a classy okay. flag. All right, all right. Here, here's the thing. I, I think that you can design a cool, calm, classy flag, but I think none of these flags meet this requirement either. I think they're all just kind of hideous. None of and- them? All right. Well, right. seeing well, we're well, talking well, about well, Destin, what about Alabama? Because I guarantee he's going to get in touch about it their flag now okay. he loves his state all right hold on let me let me let me take a look it up i don't want to say none of them because i was actually going to ask before alaska before, i like all right all right i was gonna say if you had to pick the best flag on here what would you okay. pick and i like from my perspective there is only one decision to make here one of these flags is great and it obviously stands out from the best and now i'm hoping that you pick it i like alaska i like uh, I like a few of them. I mean, for for iconicness, Texas does well, but uh, I quite like those blue ones with the. Uh, I definitely don't like Maryland. Uh, do you know what? I like lots of them. Alaska's my favourite because it's got a constellation on it. It's got the the Big Dipper on it there. The plow. <sighs> Uh, you know, there's a lot there I like. There's a few I don't like. California's pretty cool. I mean, I like the ones I guess I'm most familiar with. Um, and that inev- invariably are the big famous states. All right, all right. Go on then. Put me out of my misery. Okay. If you, ha- if you line up all of these flags and say, which of these is the best flag? Mm. I think no contest, hands down, number one winner goes to the great state of New Mexico. New Mexico uh, has the best flag by far, and for the listener, uh, it is a, a yellow background, and it's this red symbol, which is just sort of, I don't know how to describe it, it's sort of, va- it's like a cross 
like a like a little plus sign in the center, but it's it's. Let me describe it for you then. Okay, you do it. It looks job. like a corporate flag of a company that produces chemicals. No, so wrong. It looks so in fact, wrong. In fact, if I was going to name one that I didn't like, it, that would be on the list. Oh, we, it looks like it looks like it's got a corporate logo. It doesn't look like it's from the past or from history. It looks like it belongs to some company called Synergy Three Thousand. No, no, New Mexico number one in my book. I would say that 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 the logo in the center is is vaguely Native American looking is the way I would yeah, describe I'm it. I'm sure it's got a lovely story behind it, but um, oh, I, I mean, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to disagree. on You that. know me; I don't care at all about the the history of these things. I just care about how it looks. It's funny. Yellow. It's it's funny. You you picked out. I'll, I'll pick another one that you that you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Maryland as being terrible. We're going to disagree. So I love the Maryland flag. Oh, but no, I, that no, is no. a train All right, all right. But I love it for a particular reason. So, again, for the listener, uh, the Maryland flag is objectively hideous. I think you would agree, right? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm really reluctant to say too much of this stuff because we're going to find out now it's like it was designed by some oh, you know, five-year-old girl who died. Oh, don't start backpedaling. Don't start backpedaling. Listen. I'm just worried that I don't know the stories and therefore I don't know really the story. Offend. Listen, just, just, just listen. In a, in, a, in a moment like this, just double down on confidence and ignore <laughs> ignorance. Right? Okay. We're just going to go. We're going to plow straight ahead. <laughs> okay, so Maryland, I love your flag. And here's the reason why. It is hideous. So it's, it's divided into quadrants. Uh, on the top left and the top right are sort of red and white crosses, but the, the they're colored in a strange way. And on the on the opposite corner are the completely uncolor matched yellow and black checkers that are also skewed at an angle. I think there is nobody you could show the Maryland flag to who their first reaction wouldn't be, Ugh, right? Yeah, like that's that, terrible. But but here's why I love the American uh, the Maryland flag. To me, it's one of these things in life. Sometimes something is so hideous, it like wraps around the spectrum of of like we imagine this line is like good and bad. It's like an old fashioned video games where if you go too far to one side, you end up popping back up on the other side. And to me, that's what the flag of Maryland has accomplished. I don't think they have quite wrapped around far no, enough. No, it's and still hideous. It's, it's so awful. That I totally love it. Never change, Maryland. This thing seen, is just the greatest. Have you ever seen the Australian state flags? Uh, actually, I don't know if I have. I don't Let know. Let me if send I have. you this because this will disappoint you even more. I don't know if I. Uh, I feel like I might have, but I don't remember them off the top of my head. You have to scroll down to states and mainland territories. Uh, national governors, states, and mainland territories. And ignore the two that are a bit different because they're not states anyway. Oh, it's, it's so, ACT in the Northern Territory? Yeah, so ignore them and just look at the other six. Okay, okay. It's the same thing over... <laughs> it's the same thing repeated. All right, See, now... I for, like that. I now, like the uniformity. Now, 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 for the listener again. What, what we have here for the, the um, Australian states is... If you know the, the uh, UK flag, that's in the top left, as it is, is in so many flags... The rest of the flag is blue, and then each of the states has a little different seal that's in the kind of other half of, of the flag. So mm. what, what have we got here? One of, one of them is like the, uh, the what is that, the, the, the George lion with the cross. Uh, we have a like, yeah. crown and a blue cross. We have what looks like, what is it, a crow or some kind of bird on a yellow background? That's, South, that's my state. That's South Australia. South that's Australian. a piping shrike, that bird. It's a what? A piping shrike. Piping Shrike? 
It's just what it is. Okay. We have a lion on a white circle, and then we have a constellation and a crown. And, oh, and a, and a sorry. Uh, sorry, Western, Western Australia, almost forgot you. We have a black swan on a yellow circle. So so basically, this is the same thing over and over again with a slight tweak each time. Does this offend you or do you think right. this is good? I give two thumbs up to Australia. Because okay. if you're going to do something like this, be consistent about it. And I, I would have no problem with the American states if they all did something similar where it's like, okay, everybody, okay, everybody, we're going to get on board and we're yeah. going to have a basic template and everybody does a variation on that template. And that that I would be 100% okay with. But I think the, the American states are just the worst because even the ones that look similar, they've all chosen a different color blue. And it's all, <laughs> it's like, guys, use the same blue. Don't use slightly different blues. Oh, and the, the seals are all different sizes. And it's just, I, I, I cannot tell you what I, here's, here's a little little detail for people who really obsessively watch the videos the um when i so when i make the 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 country girls i have to take the flag and kind of fit it onto the skirt and the skirt is a triangle now you would not believe how poorly almost every flag in the world maps onto a triangle you need to make more videos about nepal <laughs> yeah uh i don't know actually, i should don't I think in Nepal, I would just, I might just change the shape of the skirt, I think is what I might do for that. <laughs> that would be quite cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's surprisingly hard to take a flag and shrink it down so that it is still identifiable in a triangular shape because all the mm. flags are designed to be a rectangle. And I usually spend some time trying to figure out the way to make it look the best. And one of the things that I do, if you pay a lot of attention, is you'll notice a lot of the flags are kind of off-centered from the from the triangle i think they end up looking a lot better when they're just a little bit knocked one way or another which also causes tremendous problems for me in animating it but that's a side story i don't at I least think, we're getting some insight into why it takes so many weeks for your videos to come out <laughs> well I, I i do not want to know how many hours i spent trying to make the state girls skirts not look just disastrous and on, on a bunch of like on the new york one i zoomed in all the way to get rid of almost the entirety of the flag and just focus on this little bit with the hudson river or to just it were just so awful and that's why this was on my mind is i was like i was dealing with the horrible design of these state flags and then like oh how can i try to make them look good and it was just it was just hideous i mean one of the other things i just i'm gonna keep going on this i'm sorry okay looking at these flags if you're designing a flag for whatever and you give it to me for feedback like i'm grading it like i'm the teacher here if you have to write the name of your thing on your flag instant fail <laughs> instant fail it's yeah. just i'm sorry montana that seal might be really nice but if you have to write montana right up across the top fail right. oklahoma Oklahoma, you're so close to a kind of awesome flag. I mean, you need to change that blue background, obviously. But your central logo is great. But then you write Oklahoma across the bottom. Fail. State of Oregon, fail. It's just, ah, Kansas, fail. Illinois, they, fail. They look a bit like high school things, don't they, when they've got the name written on it like that? They look, they, yeah. Arkansas, fail. Um, it's just that instant fail. And one, one of the ones, one of the ones which is... It just hurts me deeply. California. California. Man, you're so close to awesome with this flag. 
but then you have to write California Republic across the bottom. And I know, I know you want to do this because you were, for about a week, you were a republic, sort of, depending on how you want to count that. And so you want to have that there. I understand. But you know what you also have? You've got a huge bear on your flag, right? Go with the bear. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, make the bear bigger. Make the bear scarier. But then you're at California Republic across the bottom. It's just, oh, so close. I like it. It's so kind of American. California. American, you know, they does what it says on the tin with america like they're not there's not there's there's no subtlety or guile no there's no i'm subtlety surprised guile. you haven't got usa written on your flag well that's exactly it like i imagine <laughs> like if some of these state designers had made the american flag it would just it would just say usa right yeah. stars and stripes everywhere and it'd be, it would be written like the memes are with impact font you know maybe an exclamation mark and like then, like many of these states do, they also have to write the date. So say USA seventeen seventy six forever, right? Like exclamation mark. <laughs> that's what it, that's what it would be. And it's just ah, uh, I don't know. I don't it just know. it makes I, me it makes me sad. Some some of them, the the one I don't know, Wisconsin as well. Wisconsin eighteen forty eight. The ones that really get me are the ones that are so close, like the California one. It bothers me more because it's almost great. And I, f- I feel the same way with uh, Wyoming. Take a look at Wyoming's flag. Wyoming yeah. has a American buffalo in the middle. Yeah. It has some nice bold colors. It's got the red and the blue and the white. There's a red border with a white border and then a mainly blue. Okay, nice. Mixing it up. It looks a little bit good. It's like a picture frame. And you have the the American buffalo right in the center outlined very cool oh and then you have to ruin it by like cramming in this seal which says the great state of Wyoming no one can look at that flag and not immediately think oh it'd be so much better if they just took out the seal how iconic would this be how cool is this you have an American buffalo on I mean, your flag clearly what's happened here and actually this is what's happened on most of these flags you can tell is they're suffering from being designed by committee aren't they it's like someone has said, I'm not voting for it if it hasn't got the seal on it. And someone said, oh, but it's so good with just the buffalo. It's so clean. And Yeah, that, said, no, that is exactly and, it. And, and, and someone has said, we have to have California written on it. And the bear guy's gone, no, no, the bear's so cool. Just leave the bear. And the other guy's gone, no, no, I'm really proud of the name. And, and that's where a lot of these have suffered. There's been a group of people who've been required to approve it. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the ones also, I have... I have <sighs> Or sorry, let me start over there. I'm just. <laughs> it sounds like we could do a whole show about these state flags by the sounds of it. Well, I'm I'm going to keep going because I am <laughs> because you because you can't be stopped. I can't be stopped, and you oh, do the edit. Yes, it's true. Also, it's it's the ones that I just again I'm I'm deeply disappointed in Utah, Utah. Again, you're so Utah. It's blue. It has a seal on it. Now. One of the things I like with flags is is like you think okay could you have picked could you have picked a worse topic for a podcast no we're gonna keep I know we're gonna keep doing it <laughs> no but, one can see these things <laughs> no one can see these things um, well so, some hopefully many people right now are bunking off work and they just have the Wikipedia article for the state flags open so they can follow along yeah okay your flag should be immediate immediately identifiable is is my rule for this and Utah because of its its kind of its history, it, it has the the beehive and this notion of industry as the kind of central themes of the state. And so it's like, okay, okay, that's great. 
go with the bees, right? Make your flag about bees or industry, right? Like it's very easy yeah. to imagine like industri- like an industrious image. But no, like they shrink the bees down so it's so small and it's just barely in the logo and at a glance you can't possibly tell it. And then like it's just 1896 written across the bottom like, ah, oh, just go with the bees, Utah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, like the, like there's state highways. It has a little beehive as the logo. It just it seems it seems and so obvious. And then they've just thrown this giant eagle and American flag. Yeah, the giant it, like to hide the thing that makes them unique. Double down on your uniqueness, and and just go with it. These are flags. Though. It's a, I mean, you're wanting to design a modern corporate logo here. You're no. thinking flag. You're thinking corporate logo. No, no, no. Okay, no, no. Okay, here, here's here's an example I'm going to go with. Right, you mentioned Texas before as something you like. Yeah. So the Texas state flag, I feel like everyone would know it because it is so iconic, but it's uh, blue bar on the left-hand side, white star, and then two stripes. The top one is white and the bottom one is red. Now, I'm 100% great with Texas, it's, but it's an, yeah. it's an abstract flag, but it's it's the kind of thing where you can, because it's abstract, you can map your feelings of Texas onto it. But that's yeah. a that's a different way to go, and Texas is a state with an incredibly strong identity anyway. Like people have a mental image of what Texas is, and you then project your feelings onto that Texas flag, and you can do so because it's a relatively abstract flag. And I actually feel the same way. Uh, like a, I think a similar kind of uh, flag is the right next door to it is the flag for Tennessee, mostly red. There's there's a uh, blue circle in the center, three white stars, and a little blue stripe on the side. Mm-hmm. So again, that is abstract. And so Tennessee is like, you can project your feelings about Tennessee onto that flag. And that flag is also, it's identifiable in a way that so many of these these seal flags are not. Well, I said um, Alaska was my favorite. Tell me why I'm wrong or right. I'm, I'm okay with Alaska. It, I, it, I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I don't, I don't have any problems there. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely, I don't know. I sh- you know what I should, I should, I should, <laughs> no, I feel like I, what I should actually do is genuinely sit down and grade all the flags. I feel, you I feel should like, rank them in a list. That would be awesome. I couldn't, I don't know if I could rank them except obviously for New Mexico, the winner, but I, sh- I should, I should at least try to group them. Who gets, who gets A's, who gets B's, who gets C's. I feel like Alaska, it's a, a solid B, maybe B plus, you know, I don't know. All right. And everybody with words. F. F immediately. <laughs> That's So you're giving California an F. D. I'll give California a D maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I have okay. to think of, I have to think about that. I don't know. I'm making no promises here. But <laughs> I love that you're so passionate about it. I love flags. I love flags. Oh, when it's, I was a, who could not? I had a, could I had the flags of all the countries in the world on like uh, a poster right next to my bed where I'd go to sleep every night when I was a boy, and it had the flag, the name of the country, and the capital of the country. And mm. I spent so many hours just staring at that that it's a lot of it is still quite ingrained. And like, whenever there's like a flag section on like a quiz show or something. Um, I always surprise myself by how many flags I can identify just like from from my from boyhood because I don't look at them anymore but how many of them were just imprinted into my brain from from that process. Oh yeah and and I think one one of the reasons why I feel so passionately about this is I think that a flag is a really interesting design challenge. It, it how how do you want to go how are you going to represent your 
nation or, or, you know, some cities have flags. How are you going to represent your city? And what are you going to do in this, in this limited space? And there's a lot that you can do with either going along with expectations or breaking expectations, like the flags that have crazy shapes or, or there's, there's a, I think there's just so much here and it's, it's really interesting and there's so much potential. Which is Isn't not it fascinating that you States. think these are so important? And yet, in a previous episode, when, when I discussed sort of the symbolism and importance of people's surnames to them, you completely just don't get it. Here's it well, and yet, well, and yet flags—these abstract things attached to states—you're, comp- you're, you know, God, I can't stop you talking about it. No, you can't. Uh, the, the, there's, you're putting words in my mouth, though, which is <laughs> importance. Like, does it? Is this? Is this an important? issue i mean obviously the hideous way that most of these states have left their flags for hundreds of years signifies that this is not on on the top of their importance list uh (laughs) so it's it's hard to say that it's important i I wouldn't say that but that's why i I use the word interesting I, i think this is this is very this is very interesting how to how to solve this problem in arizona i think good good job arizona i like that Oh no, star, I don't like Arizona. The stars with the with the sunshine coming out of it. The the other one. Oh, I, how uh, how could I I, ha- I would I would go amiss if I didn't mention this. The flag of Hawaii. You know, my my wife is from yes. Hawaii, so I have to mention yes. this. The flag of Hawaii. I put in the same category as the flag of Maryland, which is kind of hideous, but also wraps around into you know what I like it. And and the the Hawaii flag. <laughs> also has the the UK flag in the top left and then it has six stripes uh red white and blue again but the when you look at it the, the British flag does not line up with the stripes like if you are a person who has tremendous OCD this is not a flag for you these things do not align in any way yeah, yeah, but I yeah. think that it also it wraps around I like the, the the flag of Hawaii I also think it's it's at least in this crowd it's very identifiable as oh it certainly it stands one? out it certainly stands out in the page yes and it's a different it's a different aspect ratio but seriously we got to move on <sighs> all right all right Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Audible has more than 150,000 audiobooks for you to choose from, so it's up to me to help you pick one to listen to. And this week, I'm going to recommend a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. I'm picking this book now because at the time I'm recording this ad anyway, it's sort of just past graduation time. And so I'm imagining that there are some listeners who are hearing the sound of my voice right now who have just graduated from college. And this book is a book about how to build a career that you will actually like. Now, the usual advice that you hear, which is total nonsense, is that you should just follow your passion, right? Find something that you're passionate about and then just magic happens and your life is awesome. I mean, that whole track of advice is just terrible and so good they can't ignore you goes through and shows you why that is just absolute terrible advice. And more importantly, offers, I think, some of the best career advice you're possibly going to come across for how to actually make a career that's something that you're going to want to live and do every single day. This book is definitely one of my top 
books just full stop that people should read. Even if you haven't just graduated, if you are out in the working world right now, it's still a very good book to read if you're looking to make a change in your life. I know I've recommended it on Twitter a few times, and I've recommended it on my YouTube channel, and I just can't recommend it enough. If I knew a kid who was graduating, this would 100% be the gift that I would get them. I think it's just, it could not be a better timed book. So, if you want to listen to it, Audible has it. With over 150,000 titles and virtually every genre, you'll find what you're looking for. Get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial by signing up today at audible.com slash hellointernet. That's audible.com slash hellointernet, all one word. You have, been, you have been productive, though. You also wrote a blog recently. Oh, yeah. It's called I Have Died Many Times. Yes. And it was... Interesting. It was very kind of, it's not really something I would necessarily expect from you in some ways. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but I would just be here. How, how would you try to summarize this for the listener? What, what would you say that this is about? It seemed to be, the message seemed to be that we are always, as humans, we are always changing over time uh, in physically and mentally. And the person you were some time ago is completely different from the person you are now. And that person shouldn't be considered the same as you are now. Like you can't, you can't judge them or compare them to the person you are now. It's like a whole different person. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's, that's sort of the gist of it. I, I, one of the things- It's a nice that- thought, but it does have a few- Flaw. It has a few, not flaws. Maybe it doesn't have flaws. It's a nice thought, but it does beg a few questions. Oh, I think it definitely beg. It definitely begs some questions. This is something that I, I have, I have found true in the way that I think about myself, and I think that it is, it's a useful tool for other people to keep in mind, which is that you are not. No, it's useful to think of yourself as not the same person that you were. And the easy way to think of this is as the, the, like the child version of you, say like the, the kid who went to middle school, he's not you. He's someone who became you, but for a lot of, of, of practical purposes, you're, you are basically different people if there, there is enough time separating the two of you. And... I threw out a number just because I needed to, to pick a number, but I, I, I kind of feel like basically if you go back 10 years, that's a long enough period of time that you are a different person from that person. And I, I, I started out the article by uh, using this example where my wife and I, we were having dinner and we realized that we had known each other for 10 years at that point. Hmm. And as we discussed it, we said, like, we're, we feel that though the people who met, both of us have changed a lot and that we're, we are not really those people anymore. We feel kind of grateful to them because their decisions led to our current life, but we don't feel like we are them. We feel like we are, we are different people, especially you know, since eventually we got married and then you end up you you start affecting each other in in ways like you were different people before and now you're married and 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 so you you naturally affect each other's people uh, your personalities but even if you don't get married just living life going on in life 
there's a constant change that's happening. Sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's slow. But I, I, I think people sometimes get get hampered by thinking of themselves as a continuous person. I just think. How does that hamper them? What problems does it cause if you think in that way? Well, uh, what, what problems yeah. to write this? Well, yeah, okay, okay. One of the one of the. I would say what prompted me to write this is it's something's just been on my mind for a long time, and and is this this thing that I saw with my students that I, I was really aware of as being different from my own life, which is that the kids I taught all grew up in a world with with Facebook, and I swear I'm not going to pull a like a grandpa get off my lawn moment here. This is this yeah. is just a wondering thing. I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just saying I, I wonder. Um, but but so like the high school kids I taught, when they went to college, they were still very much connected to their previous life. They were still very much connected to all of their friends that they knew in high school. And in a way that was not possible because of, of technological differences, when I went to college, I mean, I might as well have, have been traveling across the country. Like I just, nobody I knew from high school went to the same college that I did. And mm. I, I, I just wonder about this, if this effect where with things like Facebook, that, that people end up kind of carrying around the ambient influences from their former selves in, in, in unhelpful ways. And one of the one of the things that came up in the discussion on Reddit, which I, I thought was a good example, was people talking about how, when they like grown adults, when they go back and visit their uh, parents for holidays, that they feel themselves like sliding back into the role of what they were like when they were younger. Mm. I don't know. Do you experience this? Um, I don't. I don't. Th- I don't know. I don't think I wouldn't describe it how you described it, but it is def it is definitely when you go back to places of your childhood mm. a strange sensation. Yes. I remember, you know, I I go into lots of environments, you know, that maybe should be intimidating that are com- that are not intimidating to me at all. But when I went back to my old school recently, I felt physically nervous going there, <laughs> and I can't explain why. It was a really anxious experience. Uh, well, so probably because the, the school is a time of great anxiety. There are things that are always due, and and the the threat of the principal's office looms constant. Maybe uh, it's, an, mean, it's an environment where remember, you were. I don't anxious. remember school being an anxious experience, but I felt anxious going back there. Hmm. But yeah, yeah. I mean, there are definitely when you go back to your old haunts, you get strange feelings beyond nostalgia so there is something going on yeah and i know i i experienced this a couple times when i mean like basically after after i went to college i very i have very rarely been back to the the place where i grew up and oh when specify i didn't have a bad childhood or anything but mm-hmm. on the couple of occasions when i went back i was very much aware of and, and did not like this feeling of like somebody else grew up here it, like and i'm not that person anymore and like i don't really i don't really want to be here <laughs> this time it's time to go uh i'm 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 not i don't know 
it's just a very, very strange, very strange influence. Let's say I sometimes run across people who seem very past oriented and like, like there are people who are grown adults, but who still end up kind of framing events in their life through the, the lens of their childhood experiences, I think is the most common version of this that I see. Can you give like a practical example of that? So um, I can understand it better. For example, people saying things like, oh, I'm, I wasn't a very popular kid in high school and then kind of viewing all of their adult interactions in the same way, feeling like, oh, I was always just the unpopular kid. And I feel like the, the, I have died many article times article is, is a bit like you don't always have to be the person that you were. Like you yeah. don't, you don't always have to be where you are from. Like change is possible and constant looking back is bad. I think you, you look, you look forward in your life and, and things, things in your past can positively affect your future, but they are done. They are over. And they only have the amount of importance that you continue to give them. And so if, you, if you're looking back, you, you are constantly reinforcing the importance of things. And you know, if it's something positive that you want to carry forward into the future, that's fine. But I don't know. It, it, I, I feel like people have kind of invisible anchors that keep them being the person that they always were. And maybe I, I feel this more strongly because I had such a sharp break going to college. And yeah. maybe this is a little too personal, but as an example, as like I was not in high school a very popular kid. And but I was lucky and I had a little group of friends. But I was, you know, like most teenagers, I was like a very mopey person. I was not someone probably people would want to be around. And I I remember very well. When I went to my college orientation, which was like preparing, we're not starting, college isn't starting now, but it's starting in the future. So we go to orientation. And I remember very strongly going to orientation, looking around and realizing like, oh, nobody here knows who I am, which also means nobody has any reason to care about me. Like my friends from high school we've known each other for a long time. And so there's, there's like an intrinsic caring there. But when mm. you just show up to college, nobody knows you. You have to learn really fast how to not be like a mopey, miserable person that people don't want to be around. Yeah. And in some ways, like what, 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 what that does is, is like, look, you have spent your whole life being one way and things are changing. And like, you have to let go of that now that person and all of their reactions has to just be gone. And for me, that was a very, very positive experience. And I had a, a similar kind of thing happen again, sort of when I moved to London. And, and it was the same thing. Like, I'm intentionally choosing to move to a place. I don't know anyone at all. And it's kind of a, a, a break with the past again. And it's like, okay, we're going to move forward. And, and yeah. I, I just I mean, think fresh start, be, fresh starts are good for that. Like yes. changing schools and changing things, and they, that they, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, I am good in the bad. Yeah, hugely in favor of, of these kinds of fresh starts. But I think it's like a it's like a value multiplier if you consciously think of it as I am a different or I can be a different person. You know, I don't have to be the person that I always was. Uh, and this this just naturally happens. And I, I the thing that I speculate about a little bit in the article is is I worry about kids these days growing up. And kind of always having immediate access to the circle of friends they happen to have when when they um, just grew up wherever they grew up. I wonder yeah. if that has a bit of a dampening effect, or just even even for adults, like as you, this kind of effect that everybody knows on online and social media, which is as more and more people in your life follow you, so just. Okay, first of all, it's just a small group of friends, and then it's friends, and then some family, and then some family, and some coworkers, and then suddenly, like on Facebook, your fa- the, the classic thing, like your Facebook friends with your mom and your boss. Yeah. Suddenly, you're very constrained, and you don't, it, it just, it changes your actions if you're constantly thinking about all of these people in, in your life. I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe I'm just wandering off a little bit far here, but... It, well, um, no, I mean, I, I mean, I'm still friends with some people from school, you know, who are very dear to me, mm-hmm. and you know, we're still good friends. But there's a whole bunch, obviously, that I've also just completely lost touch with. Yeah. And not that long ago, I kind of reinitiated contact with some school people, partly because there was a reunion going on, and partly mm-hmm. just curiosity. Oh, reunions. And within a few weeks, it was like, you know, I wish them all the all the best in the world and i'm sure they're great people with amazing lives and uh, much happier than me perhaps but they were just like complete strangers to me it was like yes. did i even know these people yes the things they're saying and doing and the life they're leading it was like oh my goodness it's just like i'm just becoming friends with complete and utter strangers who just happen to know my name uh and i sort of in, in the end kind of drifted away from that and um realized that wasn't probably how i should be using facebook and don't do it anymore but it was a, for a while it was a strange experience it was like you know i could never go to a school reunion i think for that reason oh man yeah i've been i've been invited to school reunions and it's, i feel the same way i wish everybody i went to school with great lives i hope they're all doing well <laughs> i can't imagine ever going to a mm. reunion for for the similar reason that it it's it's like a stranger party is basically what it is from yeah. from my perspective we have all changed so much that we are fundamentally different and now this is just an arbitrary gathering of people whose past people used to knew each other but, but like that's not that's you know it, it's very very strange uh, so I mean, as I have not gone to my high school reunions, I don't ever intend to. I think this is why I found your "I Have Died Many Times" article quite a strange experience to read. Um, I've only read it once, to be fair. So you know, <laughs> once so, is enough. <laughs> well, yeah, but maybe maybe I've kind of you know I skim skim read it too much. But it was a strange mix of what I would expect from you, kind of a very logical thinking, and you know. Uh, a logical argument about the way we should think and progress in life. But another part of it seemed kind of a little bit new agey and, you know, the old me and the new me and I have died. And it was kind of a little, not religious, but it was kind of a little bit, I guess, new agey is the way I would describe it. Um, and it, it didn't, it didn't seem like the sort of things I would expect from you. 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's funny because this was this was also a thing where I've been thinking about this article for a while, and I thought, oh, let me just write it, and I have many many disappointments with it. And one of it, one of it is the kind of language. Like, how do you express these thoughts? And I am not yeah. a new age kind of person. No, but, no, I know. But yeah. I can totally understand that someone reading the article, it can kind of sound a bit new agey. But I, I don't. I have been thinking very consciously for years in terms of oh, there's past me and there's future me and there's present me, and I find that very useful. But it's sometimes hard to express in 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 writing in a way that doesn't seem dumb i don't know if yeah, there's, there's any other reincarnation way to... or something or yeah i mean yeah well not reincarnation either i mean that's forget mm. that but but i don't know i guess when it, when it boils down to it i have this feeling like the only i don't know the only you you have is like present you and past you doesn't exist anymore and present you can just make decisions for future you but it is also very helpful to consider future you as though he's a different person. So what what decisions would you make on behalf of a different person? Who you don't know. Yes, who you don't know. And that's, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't care to bother too much about them. But the, but the catch is you are going to eventually be that person. So you <laughs> like you are you have to make decisions for a future you who's like a different person, but you will subjectively experience their life. And Dear listeners, you're probably understanding why I thought this whole thing was a bit new agey now. <laughs> yes, that's a, I mean this in the most not new agey way possible. But yes, it does, it does sound this way. And it, it, this is also one of the, the reasons why it, it's, you know, again, my, my, uh, my wife and I talk about this because we, when you are married to someone, you talk about long-term decisions for your life. And we're very conscious sometimes of of when you make long-term decisions like don't try to presume that you will know all of the preferences of you from in 10 years from now hmm. and and so i think that that is helpful sometimes especially when you're considering like irreversible decisions you know it, you want to be careful about not necessarily presuming that the future you is going to be exactly like the current you and that's why i talk about in the article is like is there anything you would agree on with the teenage version of you? I mean, I think I might strangle to death the teenage version of me if I ever met him. I'd be like, you're so irritating. Just just shut up. I think teenage me, <laughs> current me, and future me all share the same views on honey roasted cashew nuts. And that's, they are delicious. Um, I feel like I could order a big ton of honey roasted cashew nuts for future me and he'd be pretty happy with that decision <laughs> well yes that's why and, and this is the, the one thing that i was entirely unable to communicate in the article and is is this notion of i i don't mean to imply that the future you is a totally different person like that like it's but it's a hard to write an article that expresses both of these thoughts at the same time you know like there there are things that, that can be the same and it's it's actually funny because shortly after I published this, I, I happened to be talking to my parents on uh, on video chat, and they <laughs> they were. This is again. This is one of these things where I feel this most strongly sometimes. Like when my parents will show me some picture of me as a kid, and they'll be like, "Oh, look at you here!" and and I feel like I'm not sure that's me. That's 
it's like larval me. This, you know, this person grew up to be me, but he's not me. But anyway, my, my parents were saying how they go, oh, you know, it's so interesting to have seen you grown up and that that from their perspective, they say, oh, adult me is just like the childhood version of me. You know, from their perspective, it seems like I'm, I'm the same person. But they said, I just like, I'm, I'm just more of what I was as a kid now that I'm a grown up. And, hmm. you know, my own subjective experience is, is very much different from that. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to see that sometimes, but I don't know. That's a weird. There's tangent. only one way people can decide about what they think about what you said. And that's read the article for themselves. So I'm sure you will put a link in the show notes. Yes. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm trying to portray this as a, as a useful framework. If there's something in your life that you want to change in a, in a positive way, I think this is, this is a useful mental framework uh, to keep in mind. And that, that's kind of why, that's kind of why I wrote it. But yes, I think it's, it's uh, I don't know. I'm not sure it's the clearest, but it's there anyway. So that's that. So you've got here something in the notes about Democracy 3, and I have no idea what that even means. Sorry, Brady, this might bore you to tears, but... No, no. <laughs> I want to is... talk more about the flags. <laughs> no, you don't. You cut me I off d- with the flags. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was just because I want to watch the World Cup later on, and I thought if I didn't stop you, we'd be talking forever. <laughs> we I'll would, talk, we would. We'll talk more about flags another time. What's Democracy 3? Democracy 3 is a video game that I had on my iPad. And this was oh, a game. It's a video game. I, that's why I warned you. You're going to be uh, bored. But, uh, but I, I th- I'm actually a bit pleased about that. I thought it was going to be some boring kind of, you know, paper someone had written about the future of democracy and no, stuff. No. But uh, <laughs> video games potentially is more interesting. <laughs> potentially, but maybe not. But this is, this is a brief thing. So um, this was a. Uh, I had. Uh, this was the game I had saved for after my last video. So when the America video went up, uh, I was like, okay, if I need a little bit of downtime. What am I going to do? And this was on my list to try this one next. And this game is the most perfect example of, I said before, I tend to play games that are basically work. And Mm -hmm. this game, game is in quotation marks. It is basically a spreadsheet is the way to describe this game in game form. Uh, So it's it's not what people normally think of. And it's a, it's a country simulator and you are elected as the, the, president of of a country they have australia they have canada the uk there's a bunch of different ones that you can pick can you redesign the flag or are you stuck with what they've got no you're stuck with with it with what they've got um and i'll I'll put a screenshot or i'll put a link to the game actually in the description but i'll also put a link to the screenshot for just people who want to take a look at it uh again in quotes the game all it is is a whole list it's a whole picture of bubbles each of which represents so either some kind of problem in your country or some kind of law in your country. And you can click on the bubbles and then you can adjust uh, the effects of the law. So for example, you can set the taxation rate higher or lower. You can say, am I going to have corporation tax? Is there going to be a cigarette tax? Are we going to have a national health service? How much are we going to fund it? How much are we going to fund the military? All the rest of this. And there's there must be 200 things that you can pick from and all of them have effects on the voters in this pretend country. Yeah. So this is the basic premise. 
what made me kind of laugh out loud is it puts you in a scenario where you have to think very differently. And it's one of the reasons why I really like video games as a kind of cultural thing. There's plenty of mindless games like Call of Duty. I'm just trying to kill all the foreigners in a horrible way. Like Call of Duty games are terrible. You're just shooting people. But they can be kind of interesting tools. Hmm. And Democracy 3 is is set up in a way so that basically there's almost nothing that you can do that's not going to frustrate some people the way so you move the slider and it affects the the voters in non-linear ways it's it's like impossible to try to balance everything and you're put into all of these no-win situations where you just you just can't make everybody happy and it's like like making youtube videos (laughs) yes it's sort of like that you're never going to make everybody happy but so the thing about it is is that made me laugh i realized i'm playing the game and you have to try to keep the, the budget balanced. And so the, 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 there are these big things that you're trying to do to keep the country on track. Let's not default on our debt. Let's not have crime just go crazy in the streets. But there's a million other policies just like in the real world that people care about. Hmm. And <laughs> playing the game, immediately, immediately, your mind goes toward, oh, God, the, you know, group X the unions are unhappy. And what do you find yourself doing immediately? What is some token issue that I can just throw their way <laughs> to make them happy that basically doesn't really affect anything? Give and them some sudden, pork. That, yeah, this is exactly it, right? Like, is there some is there something that I can do in this game to just make group X happy that doesn't really affect my budget in any any meaningful way? <laughs> right? Politicians, politics. But this is why I I thought the game was a great example of really kind of showing you, look, I I know this in the abstract. It's it's one of the reasons why I don't follow the particulars of politics very closely is because when you look into a lot of the issues, you realize so much of, of, of politics is kind of smoke and mirrors exactly about this, like issues that maybe necessarily don't affect lots of things, but people just care tremendously about but you know and i want to i'm gonna i don't i almost don't want to mention anything in particular but i'll just pick one that actually happens to be represented very well in the game and it is how much money are you going to put towards welfare fraud investigations and (laughs) it's like in the u.s this is a perfect example yeah people love this people want to hear that you have some huge program that's you know investigating welfare fraud and da 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 but if you actually dig into the numbers this is just such a non-issue almost certainly the amount of money that you put into welfare fraud investigation is going to be more than you save from the level of welfare fraud that actually occurs but people love welfare fraud investigations right as though like even in the game it's like on an intellectual level, I'm completely against most welfare fraud investigations because they're not cost effective. But boy, do the voters love them. Like, yes to welfare fraud, maximally funded. <laughs> and so is the idea of the game is to get re-elected, is it? Or to yes, run the country successfully? That's exactly it. Get, get re-elected without running everything into the ground. It's just so interesting because you can know something intellectually, but I think a well-designed game can make you feel it in really instinctually in a way that you can never quite intellectualize mm. and and that, that's why i thought this was was a was a great example sounds good yeah but you can also you can see how if someone 
goes into politics and they've never been into politics before. And then you realize in politics, okay, what do you actually spend most of your time doing? Fundraising, right? What are you worried about? Angry voters, you know, kicking you out of office. So like, what can you throw their way that doesn't actually cost you very much money or impact the things you're really trying to do? If you're doing that for a long period of time, you can see how, like the I've died many times thing, you're a kind of different person at the end of that. I'm not necessarily yeah. saying you're a worse person. I think the politics example sounds worse. But just because on a daily basis you're thinking about things in a different way, it changes who you are. In in the same way that when I like when I became a teacher, I I think about education in a totally different way than I ever did as a kid. And then I'm making like this is my first adult job. Now I'm making adult decisions in an adult world, and all of this feeds back into kind of changing who you are over time. But do I think, you think you'd be a good politician or a political leader? Well, according to the game, I, I get assassinated very quickly, very really? often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if 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 you have one group that particularly doesn't like you, like there's a there's a non-zero chance that you will be assassinated. I don't know how many times I was assassinated by one group or another. <laughs> I'm very frustrated. Like, what can I do to please you, group? You know, trying to throw. Ah, oh, it's just so. It's interesting because <laughs> on paper you should be good, shouldn't you? Because you strike, you're quite moral, you're very logical, you do think about what's good for the the greatest good, you know, efficient, you're very efficient. On paper, you should be a okay. good politician. In practice, you'd probably be absolutely terrible. This is a funny thing, because sometimes when, when I do the, the like the uh, Animal Kingdom politics video, or I do a video on voting, people often leave, leave comments, they'll say like, oh, CGP great for president, or CGP great for king. And I always, sometimes I respond to those comments, and they're like, you do not want me as a political leader <laughs> let me just let me just say that right now uh this is not something you really want particularly in the if we're talking about the real world like like i would never ever want to be a politician and i think i would be terribly bad at it because actual politics is about being really good with people and being able to negotiate under certain cer certain situations and You've got a nice voice. Yes, but that—that that is a very small part of what actually, like, oh, wow, what a nice voice you have. But not all voiceover <laughs> actors are politicians. You know, we're not being this run by voiceover actors. This the, is true. Like, Maybe we should be. No. And particularly in the United States, if you ever dig into the numbers of how politicians spend their time, they basically spend almost all day every day fundraising. And people have this notion of, oh, politicians, they're reading laws and writing laws. And like, no, they are on the phone calling people to give them money. That is what politicians do most of the time. And when they're not doing that, they're trying to work out deals with other politicians to get particular pet projects through to make somebody in their district happy. So actual politics, I would have no interest in ever doing that. And then this kind of theoretical position where I am elected king somehow and have absolute powers nobody wants that either that's not mm. that's not a good situation because i agree with you that I, I, my my overriding thought if i was actually in charge of a country is okay this is a huge responsibility i am very concerned about the welfare of my people and i will do things for the greater good <laughs> but like, this is sound this is sounding like a bit of a political pitch to me <laughs> yeah, but 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 this is what i imagine is is the banner of of great tropolis is for the greater good but there are a lot of horrifying things that can happen under that kind of notion um yeah. so 
you know, just because that's the way I would think about it doesn't mean that people would be happy about it at all. So I don't think there's any universe in which I should be a political leader and I would not want to be a political leader. So anyway. Well, I think I, I'd vote for you. I'd vote for you. Don't. Do not vote for me. <laughs> that's my recommendation. Is SimCity any good still? I keep I keep thinking I want to play SimCity again and download it because that would be my escape. But ha- have things moved on? Is that like a really... No. Electronic Arts, the worst video game company in the world currently owns SimCity mm. and has run it into the ground in a, in a terrible manner. I did read something like that. Yeah. It's Electronic Arts is awful. They've ruined a couple of, of great games that I really liked. Uh, so they are a terrible, terrible company. And if you work at Electronic Arts, I'm sorry, but you should feel bad. Your company buys great independent game companies and then crushes them and drinks their blood and turns it into money and it's an awful awful company so no i cannot i cannot recommend it but it's it's funny that you mentioned that because actually sim city was my very first experience with this as a kid the very first sim city mm, i loved that i remember it so clearly this, this enlightenment of i mean sim city was so simple compared to something like democracy 3 but just the notion of all of these citizens they want parks but they get angry when I raise taxes to pay for the parks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, just that, just that intuitive feeling. I think is very interesting that, that games can show you. And and SimCity, as a is a good example of that. And it was my first real experience of that. Of oh, this is teaching me to to think in a different way than I normally do. But no, I cannot. I cannot recommend the current version of of sim city i've been mm. looking for a good sim uh city simulator game for the mac but i cannot say that i've i've uh i found one yet so sorry sorry braiding i'll just keep working <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> you like making your videos if you start playing video games you won't be making as many videos that'd be and people would be sad yeah so <sighs> all right i think we're yeah, done we, had, we actually had other stuff to talk about but i do think we have to stop i think we have to stop here yeah i think you got a bit sidetracked by Did the flags I? Did I get sidetracked yeah. or, I think or you, I think did I get did. cut off before fully expressing all of my very interesting thoughts? Were you going somewhere? Flight? Was there like a grand fin- Was there a big payoff that I didn't let you do? The payoff was more complaining. That's what the payoff was. I think you were just going to go through each flag one by one. I was probably. <laughs> and give us a, a, a detailed critique. I probably would have if you hadn't stopped me. Uh, we, yeah, we were going to talk about a movie, but I think we'll have to save that for... We'll save that. Time. There's a movie that we're going to talk about, and we'll talk about it in the next episode because we've both got things to say about it. Yes. Okay. That's your incentive to keep listening to uh, Actually, I wonder, should we tell people what the movie is so it can be like a homework assignment? Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. So we could maybe we could do that. Actually, I, this is this is also a good a good time to mention something else. So we will mention. Okay, the, let's we, do that. Yeah, we'll mention the movie now. Uh, we wanted to talk about the movie Her uh, with what's the I forget I can never remember the guy's name because he changed Joaquin it. Phoenix because it used to be Lee Phoenix and now he changed it or something. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the movie is called Her, and we're going to talk about that next time. So maybe this is a homework assignment. People can watch the movie and then then listen to the episode so that they are prepared my my advice i'll talk about this more next time but my advice always with movies is just watch it don't try to find out a whole bunch about it just watch a movie and if you don't like it you turn it off but go into it pure so good advice uh that's that's uh that's that's for the movie but i i will just mention we have links in the show notes and people should be aware that those are affiliate links so 
if we link to Amazon, for example, or uh, if we link to iTunes, if you click the link and you buy something through that link, uh, Hello Internet does get a very small percentage of that. And so I, I've gotten a lot of requests from people, which I really appreciate where they, they said, oh, I have all of the websites and the audiobooks I could possibly have. Is there any other way that I could support the show? And so if we mention something that you happen to be interested in you and you click the link, that's another way that you can support the show if, if you want. There's no obligation. We're just, just saying that that's the way it is uh, so that people are aware. But yeah, some, some people have all the audiobooks and websites and razors they could possibly want. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm wondering, I have no idea as we're recording this, who is going to be the advertisers for our show so maybe that will i'm pretty sure it's not going to be electronic arts (laughs) yes electronic arts i don't want your money because you're evil 